other Sunday that we can just come together and to just be able to fellowship. And I just want to give God the glory and I just want to give him the honor and I want to honor our pastors in their absence and I want to give honor to Minister Satan on today and I want to give honor to my husband and everyone in their respective places. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord God. And the message in the title is the depths of our hearts. And I'm just ask for you to stand just for the reading um, of the scripture. I am going to be coming to you from 1 Samuel chapter 25. So just bear with me because the entire chapter is, I feel like, what we need on today, Lord God. So I will be reading from the entire chapter, but you just I just would like for you to stand just for the first three verses. Amen, amen. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him at his house in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Maon. A certain man in Maon, who had property there at Carmel, was very wealthy. He had thousands of goats and 3,000 sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, for her husband, a Calebite, was surely and mean in his dealings. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I wonder often why God reveals scripture the way that he does. What is the significance of 1 Samuel chapter 25? A narrative among Nabal, Abigail, and David. And so as we go through these verses, I want you to pay close attention to their heart posture of these three people and how this narrative points us to Jesus and shows the work of God's salvation. And so I ask the question, I'm always, how did we get here? How we how did we get here? 1 Samuel chapter 25. Chapter 25 opens up with the death of Samuel. Samuel's role in David's life has much significance. He has pretty much been the covering for David. David is, at this point, he's on the run from Saul. So where we are now, David, and the reason why he goes into the wilderness is because he's on the run. And because Saul wants to kill him because David has been appointed the next king. So his situation has brought him into the wilderness, but at the same time that he's in the wilderness, he's also, it's the same time he's in the wilderness, Nabal's shepherds were also in the wilderness tending to his flock. The scripture begins to describe a man named Nabal by position. It points out that the number of sheep and the number of goats that he had. His, he's a wealthy man, so his position is that he's wealthy, but his disposition, his heart, was that he was harsh and he was evil in all his dealings. Scripture also mentions he has a wife named Abigail. So her place is to be his wife in this situation, but her disposition, her heart, is that she is a is she's a woman of good understanding and she's beautiful. So imagine, and I, as I begin to read this scripture and begin, I begin to think back. I say, imagine if someone had to, if I was placed in scripture and someone had to describe me, what would they say? What would they say about my disposition? So they know that I'm. They know that I attend this church. They know that I work. 
at this place and they know that I'm this, but what would they say about me? How does my heart show up, show up on the outside? And so here God uses marriage. So we hear, we see that it's husband and wife, but God uses marriage to reveal his purpose. The marriage of Nabal and Abigail reveals our relationship with Jesus at times. I could only imagine what it felt like to be married to a man that is described as evil, mean, harsh. But just as God feels when we are, God feels the same way when we're disobedient and when we're prideful and we're mean. And so from the from the beginning, he just wanted to have a loving relationship with us. And as we continue to read, verse four says, while David was in the desert, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep and shearing sheep basically is removing the wool from the sheep. And so he went, he sent 10 young men and said to them, go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my good name. Say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household and good health to all that is, all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable towards my young men. Since we come at festive time, please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. So in these verses, David has protected Nabal's herdsmen while they were in the wilderness. They served as a wall of shielding them from danger. So in exchange, all David is basically asking is, in exchange for our protection, can you can you give us something? Can you give? Can we partake in the festivities? Can we partake in the festivities? Because sheep shearing at this time was a prosperous time, and so David just saying, in exchange for what I've done for you, can you just see about us? And so just as David provided protection for Nabal, it shows how God provides protection for us. All he wants us to do in return is just be obedient and have a willing heart. He shields us from the attacks of our enemy. He shields us from what's ahead of us. He protects us. He surrounds us. He's covering us. And now he's saying, like, in return, just be obedient, my daughter. Just be obedient, my son. Just have a willing heart to serve me and to worship me. Thank you, Lord. And that's all David was asking. Just because I put a wall of protection around you, could you just, in return, look after me? And so as we continue to read verse 10, I'm sorry, as we continue to read to um, starting at verse 9, it says, when David men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. They waited. So they went back and they relayed the message to Nabal, and now we're going to see Nabal's response. Nabal answered David's servant, who is this David? Who is this son, Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their master these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I slaughter for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? So we see Nabal's response. Basically, like, who is David? Who are you? Who are you for me to be looking after? People coming from all different places, all out of nowhere, pretending to be. So who who are you? And so David men turned around and went back. And when they arrived, they reported every word. They reported every word. And so David, and we see here, and David says to them, 
put on your sword. So they put on their swords and David put on his. And about 400 men went up to David, went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. So at this point, because of Nabal's response, David is ready to attack. So how many times are we ready to attack because of someone's response? Now, you see here, David did not think twice about it. He was ready to go to war. So how many times when we're put, our response leads us to sin? Our anger leads us to sin. The depths of our hearts, when you look deeper into your heart, is pride because he challenged David. Who are you? Who are you? You ain't nobody to me. So how many times do we, when someone, we feel like someone's stepping on our toes, challenging us, like, who are you? Do we respond? And are we ready to attack them? And are we ready? Because the the word says that we can be angry, but it says us to sin not. And guess what David's ready to do? David is ready to go sin. He's ready to, he's ready to murder him and all of his men. They're ready to gather together. Just because of the pride. Yes, just because of the anger. Yes, just because of the deep-rooted issues. Because at this point, you got to remember at the beginning of the scripture, David is more than, he's mourning. Samuel is dead, so he's down for whatever. He's down for whatever. So in his response, you see there's no hesitation. He's just ready to go. David responds with revenge because he was he was rejected. His anger is leading him to sin, where he will take it upon himself to shed blood. David feels justified. So he feels justified in his response, as many of us does feel justified in the way that we respond. Because David said, I looked after your sheep. I looked that I ain't hurt them. I put a wall of protection around them. And this is what you're going to say to me. This is how you're going to respond to me. I looked after you. So how many of us respond in that way? How many of us feel justified in the way that we respond? In the way we feel justified in the way that we respond? Because we feel like we right, like I have the right to respond this way. And so that's the same thing. That's the take that David has done. So his anger was not righteous at all. His anger was in revenge. And so David felt like he was, David just like felt like he was justified in doing such a thing. Thank you, Lord. We take matters into our own hands, despite allowing God to have control, even though we feel like the person deserves it. Both humans and God express wrath, but there's a vast difference, the wrath of God and the wrath of man. So David was about to shed blood on his hands and not allowing to God, not allowing God to take control. God's wrath is holy and justified. Man's wrath is not. Just because David felt like he was justified in his response, it would have not been justified before God. So he could have went before God and and pleaded and gave all the reasons why, but it would not have been justified. God is justified in his wrath, which judges our sin. To To reject God is to reject his love, mercy, and grace. And so when I go back to the beginning, I want you all to be able to see that at the beginning, it's the relationship of a husband and a wife. And so I want you to see about that's our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship where we, because of our heart, we go in and we and we say things and we do things and we're mean. And, and then we see because of our hearts, we respond in a way. We respond in a way and not allowing God to take control. 
not allowing God to fight our battles. And so as we continue to read, I just want you to dwell on this relationship. And so as we continue to read in verse 14, it says, One of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sent messengers, messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us the whole time we were out in the fields. Near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, they were a wall around us. All the time, we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do. Because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail lost no time. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five shades of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And then she told her servants, go ahead. I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were, there were David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. David had, David had just said, it's been useless all my watching over this fellow property in the desert so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back with evil for good. May God deal with David. I'm, excuse me. May God deal with David, be it whatever, be it ever so severely. If my morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. So at this point, David, Abigail, the servant has went to Abigail because Nabal is no one that they can go. They feel comfortable talking to, so they go to the wife. And so at this point, you see even them going to the wife, they're able to see that her disposition, her heart is very different from her husband. So they go to basically on their behalf, like pleading, could you do something about this? And so here I, we see the need for Jesus because we see how sin came in and how sin um, ruined our the relationship that we had. And sin has caused us to sin in Jesus and God's wrath upon us. And so God's wrath is righteousness. His is righteousness. His anger is righteousness because we deserve it because of our sins. But because of his love, he sent Jesus. And so the need of Jesus. The verses show how we were we are in need of the of a savior. The servant was in need of a savior. He went to Abigail. The servant knew that David was coming with his army and looked to Abigail to save the entire household. God knew that we were in need of a savior. We had allowed sin to separate us, but because of his grace and mercy and his love, he saw fit to send his son for us. The servant knew of the good day. The servant knew of the good that David had done for the household and had shown to the household of Nabal. Our hearts are full of deceit that we can't see when God has been taking care of us all along. Even though God is justified in his punishment, he doesn't want it to be that way. He doesn't want it to be that way. Abigail foreshadows the coming of Christ to save us from our sin and put us back in relationship with him. And so as we see that Abigail goes before she doesn't say anything to her husband, because only you can only imagine what would have came out of that. So she goes before and she's going to plead on the behalf of the household. 
and we continue in verse 23. And verse 23 says, when David saw, when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, my Lord, let the blame be on me alone. That's what Jesus did for us. That is what Jesus did for us. Abigail put the blame on herself. She interceded on the behalf of her household. That is what Jesus did for us. Jesus interceded. He put all the blame. He carried all the blame on his shoulders for us. Amen. Amen. Please let your servant speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is fool and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Now, since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from the avenging yourself from with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives, as you live, may your enemies and all who intended to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my master be given to the men who follow you. Please, your, please forgive your servant's offense. And so as we go through these scriptures, you see that these are words that Jesus has spoken for us. That to, has, he has went before us and he has pleaded and he has asked God to forgive us of our sins so that we can be back in right re- standing with him. For the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for your master because he fights the Lord's battles. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of your master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies will hurl away as from the pocket of the sling. But when the Lord has done for my master, for when the when the Lord has done for my master every every good thing he promised concerning him and appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. When the Lord has brought my master success, remember your servant. So at this point here, Abigail is going in and she's reminding David of everything the Lord has spoken over him. He's reminding David of how he's already been appointed king and how that there's no need for us to take vengeance and vengeance is in the Lord because the, the, Jesus has already shed the blood for us. So it's to leave to, to leave everything in God's hand to have control. And so that's what it is for us. That's what it is for us to allow God to handle our situations instead of taking matters into our own hands and thinking that we know the answer, thinking that we have control. Thank you, Lord. And Father God, we thank you for Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you for Jesus, how Jesus came in and how you sent your only begotten son to die on the cross, Lord God, so that we can be saved. So that, therefore, God's wrath. So you, I want you to see that David's wrath was not justified. But I want you to see it from a biblical perspective that David was representing God at that point because he was coming for us. Because of our sin. But I want you to let you know that Abigail foreshadows Christ when Christ came and stepped in. And he in Christ buried the burden and Christ put everything on him for us. 
So I want you to see how good God is. I want you to see how he's not here, Lord God, to destroy us, Lord God. I want you to see, Lord God, how you see that God is here to save us. And he wants us to be back in relationship with him. Because from the very beginning, sin separated us. When Adam and Eve was in that garden, Lord God, and Father God, they ate from that forbidden tree, Lord God. I want you to see right there in that very moment, Lord God, the pride. I want you to see, Lord God, the I think I know how to do it. I, I'm grown. I want you to see how that separated us. Yeah, and yeah. I want you to see how God's whole plan was for us to bring us back together. Yeah. And Father God, we see that Abigail, she's taking it all for the family. She's saying, Lord, please, David, stop. Don't do it. She's speaking life over him. Yeah. So God is speaking. He's You are his child. He's speaking life of you that you don't, you can lay all that aside. You can lay that pride aside. You can lay whatever it is aside because that is what's separating you from being in relationship with, with him. That is what's separating you, Lord God. Abigail puts the blame on her for her husband's for her husband's actions. She intercedes on the behalf to turn away destruction upon her household. And that's what Jesus has done for us. He has turned away destruction. Of our lives. He bared our guilt. When picking up the cross. And placing it on his shoulders. He placed our burdens on his. Taking all the blame for our sins. He turned away God's wrath. To reconcile us. To the father. Abigail reaffirms David. Of what God has already spoken over his life. That is what Jesus does to us. He reminds us. Reminds us of his grace. His love and his and his mercy, reminding that God fights our battles, that we shed innocent blood when we take matters into our own hands, that Jesus has already done that for us. God has already won by sending Jesus to shed blood so that we all could be saved and have eternal life. And as we continue to read, David says to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself from my own hands. How we thank God. I thank God for Jesus for just coming in, hallelujah, and standing in the way from me making the mistakes over and over and over again. So we see how Jesus, how Abigail has again interceded on the behalf and how Jesus interceded on the behalf and we see that when Jesus turned away God's because of Jesus coming and he turned away God's wrath it leads us to repentance so as you can see David has a repenting heart and so I often want no I often ask myself like why they say that David has a has a heart after after God and so as I begin to read these um, as I begin to read this chapter, even the chapter before in chapter 24, you see that David had opportunity to kill Saul, but he did not. And then the next chapter, 26, David has another opportunity to kill Saul and he does not. And in this very chapter, you see that David's heart repents. He repents and he turns away from his sins. So, and that's what God is wanting us to do. Is to have a repenting heart to turn away from those, turn away from our sin, so we can be in a relationship with Him. 
And David said to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and from keeping and keeping me from bloodshed this day, from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you. If you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. Then David, then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, go home in peace. I have heard your words and granted your request. David's response is how we should respond when accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The one who believes in, in the Son will not suffer God's wrath for his sins. God provided a way for us through repentance, which turns away God's wrath away from us as sinners. You see, David has a heart of repentance, knowing that it's God who saved him from sin. When Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. So she told him nothing until daybreak. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all these things and his heart fell. And he became like a stone. About 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. And the wages of sin is death. And I also want you to see as well that when we accept the Lord, Jesus Christ, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that that sin, what he wants to do is just remove the sin that's, that's stopping the relationship. So I want you to see that, yes, true enough that Nabal, he died. The Lord killed Nabal. But I want you to also see that just with a repenting heart, a repenting heart how the Lord wants to remove that sin. He wants to remove the sin that's standing in between you and God, you and him to have that relationship, to have that loving relationship. So he sent his son to bear all the sin. So therefore that would, could not be in the way of the relationship that he wants to have with us. And so when, Ab when Abigail went to Nabal, I'm sorry, when David heard that Nabal was, was dead, he said, praise be to the Lord who was upheld, who, who has upheld my cause against Nabal. For treating me with contempt. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his head. Then David sent word to Abigail, asking her to become his wife. His servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us, sent us you to take you to become his wife. She bowed down with her face to the ground and said, Here is your maid servant ready to serve you and wash your feet of my master servant. Abigail quickly got on a donkey and attended her five maids, went with David's messenger and became his wife. And I'm coming in. And so as I was studying, I was just thinking that God gives us the plan to deal with difficult people. So when you read this here, you think about you, you think about how to deal with a difficult person because Nabal was a difficult person. Yeah. But as I would continue to read, it ain't how we 
deal with a difficult person is how God deals with us, difficult people. Amen. Amen. So the verses show how merciful and how gracious God is and how he loves us and how his how his plan is to get all along is to get us back in relationship with him. So as we go from the beginning, as you see the relationship of a husband and wife, you see the relationship of us with Jesus. And you see how our hearts, how our hearts can be deceitful and how our hearts can turn us away and sin can turn us away from that relationship with God. And you see that God's wrath was upon us, but God is so gracious that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us, to redeem what he thought was lost, but to allow us to be in good standing. These scriptures foreshadow the coming of Christ, showing us how we are in need of a Savior that our own self-centered heart disregards God's authority in many ways. We are sinners who have earned his righteous anger, but he sent a mediator to intercede on our behalf, to take up our sins, to carry our burdens. Innocent blood was shed so that we can live again and not to die, but have eternal life. I pray that you see the love of God through these scriptures. I pray that you see God's hand over your life. I pray that you see that Jesus is the answer. Father God, I thank you and I praise you. Amen. Amen.